And today I want to talk with you about using your income to sow into God's work. Because sowing matters to God. Not this kind of sowing, but this kind of sowing matters to God. And some of you have already turned me off, all right? Pastor's going to talk about money, all right? But I want to, I want to encourage you today to really listen because I, I think you're going to hear something. Sowing matters to God and you. You're going to find out how sowing a portion of your income really will make a difference to you. The, the word sowing is an old agricultural word. And it simply means to spread, to spread seed in a field. And so what matters to God is that we, we take a little bit of our income, a portion of our income, and we begin to spread it into the work of God, into the ministry of God, and to spread it in the fields where God is doing something. To join God where he's working and to sow into those ministries that we might reap a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God. And the truth is this, the level of blessings from God are connected to the level of sowing into God's word. I'm going to say that again because this is so important. The level of blessings that you get from God are connected to the level of sowing that you do into God's work. You see, those who obey God's word, those who sow into God's work, God prospers. God blesses. So listen close to his word as we go through it this morning. Take a look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully keep all of his commands that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. And look at this. And you will experience all these blessings. If you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and your breadboards or your bread baskets will be blessed. And wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. And look at this. The Lord, the Lord that we worship, will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain the Lord your God will bless you in the land or the field that he is giving you. Folks, God will bless. He will prosper those who obey his word. In fact, in verse 8, God even guarantees that he will bless you. That he will prosper you. But not only here in the Old Testament, but throughout the Bible, God promises to bless and prosper his people who obey him and follow his commands. Look at these scriptures. The Bible says from Job, Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. The Bible says if they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. The Bible then says in Jeremiah, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Listen, God's talking. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
The Bible says in Proverbs, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The Bible then says in Luke, give or sow, and it will be sown or given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. We're talking about measuring in this series. The measure that you use to sow into God's work will be measured to you. Folks, God blesses and prospers those who obey his word. Now, I know that this kind of teaching has a negative, negative side to it. Many people have been turned off by what we call the prosperity gospel. And I understand that. I have been turned off by the prosperity gospel. Because in some cases, there have been some greedy pastors. There have been some money-grabbing churches that have misused Scripture, have misinterpreted Scripture. So many Christians, when they hear any pastor talking about how God will prosper them or bless them, if they sow a portion of their income into God's work, into God's field, they just turn it off. And man, do I get that. I get that. But I want you to really listen close this morning because I think we're going to use Scripture accurately. I believe with all my heart, God has some blessings for us that maybe we've never considered before as we give, as we sow into his work. But just because somebody has misused the word of God, that does not negate the truth of his word. Amen? That doesn't change the truth of his word, that he will bless us, that he will prosper us if we obey him and follow his commands. So I want you to know I'm being very careful today to tell you the truth of what God will do in your life when you sow into his work to help him reap a harvest of souls, to help him build a family like us, to spend with him forever in eternity, without moving this morning into the, the area of, if I give this, I can expect and claim God will give me that. I'm not going there, all right? If I give this, God will just give me sevenfold. God will give me a hundredfold. And, you know, that's kind of the prosperity gospel. But I'm not going there. But God does say that if we live in according to his word, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he will bless the place we live. He'll bless the place we work. He'll bless our food, our bread baskets, our fruit baskets. That's what he says. He'll bless our efforts. He'll bless our resources. So I'm here today to help you understand what you can do to receive greater blessings from God. Anybody want that this morning? You, you, a lot of you don't want greater blessings. <laughs> okay, all right. We all want greater blessings. So hang on with me this morning. Here we go. The Bible says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And then this scripture says in Psalm 1-3, the rest of that scripture, look, that person, the one who obeys God's word is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, gets blessed, that tree does. And whatever they do, look at this, prospers. 
And the Bible says once again from Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. Today, our storehouses are not barns. It's banks. Today, we don't go to work in a field with the result of our labor being grain given to us and our family to live on. Today, we go to work in a field. Whatever fields you work in, education, administration, medicine, construction, whatever it is, with the result of our labor not being grain, but dollars. Dollars to feed our family. Dollars to use wisely in the name of Jesus. Today, our storehouses are not barns, but banks. And God will bless and God will prosper your storehouse, which means your bank account, if you obey his word. The key is this. God has something greater. If you'll come to this place where you trust him and obey him. Trust him and obey him. Now, there are four biblical storehouses that you can operate out of. They are really four different levels of trust in the Lord. And all of us are living at one of these levels of trust. And then there's a a blessing that accompanies that level of trust. So we're talking about four levels of trust and four levels of blessing from God. Write this down. The first level is this. Some sow and enjoy the blessings at the bag level. The bag level of sowing. This level is found in the Old Testament book of Haggai. God said through the prophet Haggai, Consider your ways. You've sown much. You've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. A bag with holes in the bottom. Have you ever felt like you had holes in the bottom of your bank account? (laughs) The bag level is not enough. It's where you, you work and you never have enough. When it comes to your income, if you have the bag mentality, you're always saying, I'm going to get all I can, and I'm going to can all I get. You're constantly saying, I'm going to can all I can, I'm going to get all I can, and I'm going to put it in a bag, and I'm going to close up the top, I'm going to tie the string tight, and I'm going to keep it in the bag. It's my money. It's my treasure. It's my bag. And so you put it in and you say, it's mine. I'm going to hold on to it. But the prophet Haggai said, there's one problem with that mentality. If you hold on to it all, if you hoard it all, if you get tight fisted with it, if you get stingy with it, you've got the bag mentality. And listen, a bag without God's blessing is like a bag with holes in it. You may be taking it in, you may be putting it in, but it's going out as fast as it's going in. Something breaks down. The car breaks down. 
The roof gets a leak. Something always happens. And you put it in and you think, well, okay, now we're rolling. Now we're rolling. And you keep putting it in, putting it in. But it's like a bag with holes in it. It's never enough. The bag level is really the beg level. <laughs> You're always begging God, help us, God, help us, God. Because you never have enough. And that's because you have this attitude, it's mine. It's all mine. I'm going to hold on to it. Now listen, money and financial prosperity is not wrong. God says, it's the love of that money. It's mine. <laughs> oh, it's mine. It's the love of that money where you make it first, where you make it more important than God. It's the love of money that's wrong. And when you have this attitude, you work, but there's never enough to pay the bills. You eat, says Haggai, but you're never full. You got clothes, but you're never warm. The truth is this. He who withholds decreases. He who sows increases. You see, as Christians, we live in a kingdom of opposites. We live in a culture that says, put it in the bag. Keep it all in the bag. But we live in a kingdom of opposites. In God's kingdom, the one who gives is the one that God blesses, the one who God prospers. This is true even in the economy we're living in right now. But if you get this bag mentality, you're saying, I am my source. God is not my source. I am my source. It's all up to me. And you can do that if you want to. But if you choose to do that, you'll never have enough. You'll keep filling up the bag. You'll watch it go in. You'll watch it go right on out. And you will never have enough. It'll just be like there's holes in the bottom of your bank account. Folks, the bag level says it's mine. And at one point, Judas and the disciples had a bag mentality. At one point in their ministry with Jesus, they had a bag mentality. A woman came into the house where they were eating. They're all sitting down around eating supper. Jesus was there. And a woman came in with an expensive box of perfume. And in that box was, was a jar of perfume. And she began to take that out and, and, and cover the feet of Jesus, wash the feet of Jesus in this expensive perfume. And the disciples freaked out. And... What she gave, she was doing as, as worship into the ministry and life of Jesus. But the disciples and Judas just freaked out as she gave that to the body of Christ. And Judas said this, look at this. It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. She just wanted to minister to the life and the work of Jesus. But they wanted to put it in their bag. <laughs> they weren't so concerned about the poor. That's what they said. But they weren't so concerned about the poor. They just wanted to know how much more they could have in their bag. And they thought she wasted her gift on the body of Christ when it could have gone in the bag. Folks, the bag mentality says, don't give. The bag mentality says, don't sow. Don't support. That's, that's the bag mentality. And with that mentality, when it begins to take over your life, you need to understand then you are limiting God's blessings that could flow into your life. 
And you're living at the lowest level of trust in God. And you will never have enough. Because God will not release his full blessing into the lives of those that have a bag mentality. Those who keep it all to themselves. Those who sow almost nothing. Those who trust in themselves and not God. Now listen close. This is not about a pastor or a church that's trying to get your money. Folks, this is the acid test of whether or not you believe in God's word or not. And when you clutch the bag and say, it's mine and I'm not giving it, you're really saying, I trust myself more than I trust God to meet my needs. So the question is, next to the priority of the Christ of the cross, which is for his followers to use a portion of their income to make more and better disciples, are you at the bag level? Are you sowing anything into the life and the work the ministry of God. Let's measure this morning. We've been measuring these last two weeks. Are you at the bag level? No, I'm not there. Maybe. <laughs> I'm always there. That's where I am, Pastor. Let's be honest this morning. Let's measure ourselves. Let's circle something on the outline. Pull out that pencil, really big pencil, <laughs> and circle really big. Where are you? Do you have the bag mentality? Some sow at the bag level, but then some begin to make a shift. There comes a time when, when, when they show up at church and, and either the pastor or somebody encourages them to sow into some ministry to help feed the hungry at Long Beach or, or whatever it might be. And, and, and you give, you sow a little. And all at once, you notice there's a blessing coming into your life. All at once, you see God's blessing coming in a bigger way. And that's because he noticed what you did. He noticed a little tiny crack, a little shift in your mentality. And you begin to give more, you sow more, and you begin to get blessings more from the hand of God. And you begin to move from the bag level to the barrel level. You begin to make a shift. Write that down. Some sow at the bag level. Some move on to the, the barrel level. Now, we find this level of sowing in 1 Kings. In 1 Kings 17, the Bible talks about a widow woman who was living in a time of great, great famine. A time of great depression. The economy was not good. There wasn't food. There wasn't money. And so she was living during this time. And she looked at the bottom of her flour barrel and she looked in and she says there's just enough flour to make one more meal one last meal for me and my son and then we're going to die she looked up from the barrel and that about that time elijah the prophet of god comes by and he was hungry <laughs> he was hungry and god had sold told him to go to this widow and say this and so he goes to this woman and says before you go make your last meal, make me something first. And you know, if ABC and CBS and CNN would have been there and heard him say that, they would have said, that greedy, low-down preacher? That money-grabbing, food-grabbing preacher? How could he do that to that woman and that poor son of hers? 
But what they don't understand is this. God's ways are different than our ways. God blesses those who give even the little that they have left. God's blessing flows upon them. Now, if this woman had gotten the bag mentality, and if she would have said, that little bit of flour down in here, it's mine. It's for our last meal. It's mine. God wouldn't have blessed her. But she moved from the bag, bag mentality to the barrel mentality. She moved from the bag mentality, which is never enough, to the barrel mentality, which is just enough. And look what happens. Look at this scripture with me. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. She just thought she had enough for one last meal. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. After she fed Elijah, this woman went back to the barrel and there was just enough to feed her and her son. And day after day, she went to the barrel and she looked in and she took her scoop and she scooped all the way down in the bottom of the barrel and there was just enough for Elijah and for her and for her son. Every single day there was just enough. The flower wouldn't stop coming because the blessing of God was flowing. And all of God's people said, Amen. That's the way our God works. It's the way He works. Just enough for each day. And you say, just enough? Yes. But that's a whole lot better than not enough. Amen? <laughs> Just enough is a lot better than not enough. It's bad when you don't have enough to pay the car bills. It's not a good, it's not, I mean, it's, it's bad when you don't have enough to pay the car bill. It's bad when you don't have enough to keep the lights on. It's bad when you don't have a, enough to keep the heat on. It's bad when the bank is coming and taking stuff back. But you can move from that to just enough. And you can become thankful for, for just where you are. Because if you're moving up, you're moving in the right direction. Amen? <laughs> Ever been moving down for a long time? If you're moving up, you're moving in the right direction. You might not have everything, but you have just enough. And sometimes at this level, you get to the end of the month and you go, Oh, man, we paid everything. I think we can take our family to McDonald's for a happy meal. We may have to split it. <laughs> but we're going to McDonald's. Man, I remember early in our ministry and, and when our kids were young, we were pastoring in East Whittier Friends Church. And, and I remember one day specifically looking at Shirley. Times were hard. And I looked at her and I said, Honey, I think we can finally go out and have a pizza once a month. <laughs> once a month. Because we've got just enough. We paid all the bills and we can go out for pizza. The Bible says, my God will supply all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Be thankful for just enough. Be thankful that God meets your daily needs. And if you've got all you need today, if you've got food 
If you've got a car to drive, if you've got a roof over your head, if you've got a bed, you need to pause and just give God some praise for, for having just enough in the barrel. Amen? Let's just praise God for that. Let's praise Him for that. Just enough. Now, here's the deal. The bag level is all about me, me, me. It's my money. But then you move to the barrel level. And the blessing of the barrel is just enough to take care of you and your family and all, like Elijah, all in your house. Now, the widow, she still can't really help anybody else. She can't take care of anybody else in the community. She's just saying, thank God I've got enough for my house. You see, she sowed from the little that she had in her barrel. And God blessed her house every day. So here's the question. Let's measure again. Next to the priority of the Christ of the cross, which is for all of us to take a portion of our income and sow it into the work of God to make disciples, are you yet at the barrel level? Are you sowing out of what you have? And you might say, no, I'm not. Sometimes I do. Yes, pastor, I am always sowing at the, at the barrel level. I'm tithing and God is blessing. We have just enough. Sometimes we wonder if we're going to make it, but we've got just enough. Measure yourself. Where are you at? Because it's connected to the level of blessings that God flows into your life. You need more blessings. You need to do a little more sowing. Sowing into places and ministries that you know you can trust, that have integrity, and it gets to actually help people and plant churches and feed the hungry and clothe the poor and do all those kind of things, actually ends up there. And so as you do that, God will bless you. Now, some... Stay at the bag level. They sow almost nothing and they have almost no blessings. Some go on to the barrel level. They sow what they have. But then there's another level, the basket level. We find this level of blessing in John chapter 6. When the little boy comes to Jesus, remember the story? And he has his lunch basket. And in this lunch basket, he's got some bread. He's got some fish. He has five loaves of bread and a couple fish. And he comes to Jesus, and Jesus is faced with this whole multitude that's been following him and listening to him. And they're hungry, and they've got no place to, to get food. And out of his heart of compassion, Jesus wants to feed the crowd. Disciples come back and say, we got nothing. <laughs> Nobody's got food. And the little boy comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, you can have my basket. He offers sacrificially. And we don't know if he's a little boy, if he's 10 years old, 6 years old. We, we don't know if he's a teenager. But most boys don't give up their food. Amen? <laughs> and so he's making a sacrificial gift to Jesus. Jesus then takes it and he blesses it. And the Bible says they fed 5,000 men that day. But also the scholars in the Bible, uh, scholars all say that there was men and ch children there that day as well. And they estimate that those loaves and fishes actually fed over 20,000 people that day. So Jesus took the basket, he blessed it, and like the barrel, the basket never ran out. <laughs> it never ran out of bread and fish, and it fed over 20,000 people. 
And what I love about this story and the verse in the Bible, is the Bible says that Jesus gave each person as much bread and fish as they wanted. This wasn't, here's a sliver. Come on, we got a lot of people to feed. Here's a sliver of fish. Here's a little bread. We got to make this go around. No. As they went by, they gave each person as much as they wanted. This was a, an all-you-want buffet. Seafood buffet. Probably sushi buffet. That's what it was. And the Bible says this. Look at this. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather all the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. That boy who gave what he had in his basket to the ministry of Jesus was now taking home 12 baskets of bread. More than he ever offered to Jesus. Listen, when you move out of the bag level where you never have enough and you move on up to the barrel level where there's just enough and then you move up to the, the basket level, you will then find yourself in a place of more than enough. More than enough to meet your needs. Because that boy sowed into the life and ministry of Jesus, he not only by the power and the blessing of Jesus had more than enough to feed his hungry community, he went home and had more than he even gave to Jesus in the first place. Folks, this has happened over and over in my life and Shirley's life. We give and we give above and beyond the tithe. And somehow God just brings blessings out of the blue that we just don't even expect. We just want to give, but the blessings come. At the basket level, you're no longer just taking care of you, but you're now caring for the community. You're now feeding the hungry. You're now able to help the poor. You're now extending the church by helping plant new churches. You're now expanding ministries of the churches. You have more than enough for you and your family. And every time you sow, God blesses you so that you have more than enough. Folks, I've learned in my life you can't outgive God. And you can live like this because you've obeyed God's word concerning sowing. And you followed his commands concerning living. And because of that, he is heaping his blessing upon you. Now, you can't live like hell and expect his blessing. Amen. Some of you are freaking out because I just said hell. <laughs> but you can't live like that and expect him to prosper you. You've got to obey and follow the commands of his word. Okay. And sowing is just one of those. But he will bless and prosper you. And I am so glad that in the nearly 23 years of this church's life, we have never had a bag mentality. From day one, we have given outside of ourselves. We have supported missionaries. We have cared for the sick. We've helped the helpless. We've helped those who needed counseling. We've planted new churches. Now, there have been many times, especially in the last four years, when we could have grabbed hold of the bag mentality when our finance team and our elder team could have taken on a bag mentality and we could have said, we can't afford to keep feeding the homeless in Long Beach. We can't afford to keep helping people with Christian counseling. 
We can't afford to help the church in Juarez keep extending. We can't afford to provide a leadership conference for our Filipino pastors. We can't afford to provide a free Easter pancake and egg hunt for all the kids in our community. We can't afford to have a, a free fall carnival for our families in the community. We can't afford to keep giving boxes of love. Oh man, if people give money to give boxes of love to feed the hungry, will they still give in the offering plate? Man, we could have taken on the bag mentality, but we just didn't. We didn't. Even though we're in a recession, we kept sowing. And I want you to know in 2012, we as a church sowed over $120,000 into God's work in our community, into other churches in around the world, beyond the operating budget that we need to keep things floating here. An extra $120,000 went out to meet the needs of the hungry and the poor and those ministering to draw people to Jesus. And I thank God that we didn't begin to operate with the bag mentality. We kept giving outside of ourselves. We just kept sowing into the work of Jesus. And month after month after month, God provided. And the lights are still on. Amen? <laughs> the pastoral staff is still here. Sometimes we thought, how in the world are we going to make it? We don't know. But God provides for his people. It's time now for each one of us and for this church to move from the bag level to the barrel level to the basket level. It's time for us to begin to sow in a greater way, to give sacrificially, where we really begin to sow into God's work like the little boy so that we can really begin to experience God's blessing and have more than enough so that we can minister to the masses in the community. But as I say that, I want you to understand this. If you begin to sow like this, God not only blesses his church, he blesses your house. When you begin to sow, he blesses your house and his house. And all of God's people said, amen. The whole kingdom of God gets blessed when you sow like this. Now listen, I've crunched the numbers many times. And, and if just our current attendees were to sow into this church, the ministry of Jesus Christ here, the first 10% of their income is what God calls us to obey and do. Just based on the average household incomes in this area, even with reduced salary levels in this area, there would be over $1 million extra beyond what we need for our current operating budget, current expenses. An extra $1 million that we could use to minister to the masses. And when we do that, can you imagine the blessing that God's going to bestow upon our house and his house? It's going to be massive. The Bible says it's going to be more than enough. You'll have more than just enough. You'll have more than enough. He will bless your house and his house. So the question is, let's measure again. Next to the priority of the Christ of the cross which for all of us to use a portion of our income, to sow it, to make more and better disciples? Are you at the basket level today? Can you say that you are actually at the basket level where you're giving sacrificially? I always hesitate to share this. Shirley told me not to share this. 
because it embarrasses her. But I'm going to share this because God's told me to. At the very beginning of our marriage, almost 39 years ago, we committed to give God 10% of whatever our income was. And throughout our whole married life, we have done that. And folks, there have been blessing upon blessing upon blessing bestowed upon our lives and our kids. God's allowed us to be a part of things that we never dreamed. And he's met our needs at every corner. And sometimes in my prayer walks, I'm saying, God, I don't know, how are you going to pull us out of this one? It's usually around college time, amen? <laughs> I don't know how you're going to pull us out of this one, but God, we need help. And God always blessed, always met our needs. And so we have always given that 10% right off the top. We've sowed that into God's work. But beyond that, we said, God, we want to do more. And so we, we began to give 11%. Then we began to give 12%. Then we began to give 13%. Then today we're somewhere between 135 and 14% that we're just giving out to God. We're giving sacrificially. And we could put it in the bag and say, we want a better kitchen, and we do. <laughs> it's time to remodel. And, and we want to do this, and we want to do that. And you need to know it's not because the church has just increased our salaries. There haven't been any salary increases for anybody for five years. There's been no cost of living increases for over five years. In fact, we took a fourteen, fifteen thousand dollar reduction and, and lost our pension for two years. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad at all. I'm okay with that. We're okay with that. I'm just saying it's not because of some grandiose salary or increases when nobody else in the world is getting increases. It's not because of that. It's because of obeying God's word and sowing into his work that the blessings come. So are you giving sacrificially? Some stay at the bag level, almost nothing. Some get to the barrel level, giving what we have out of the little that we have. Some get to the basket level sacrificially. But last this morning, there's another level, the barn level. The barn level is where you can say, and I want to get here. I've got all I need for my house. I can, I can be a blessing to people in other houses. But God has so blessed me that I want to do even more. We find this level of blessing in Genesis chapter 39. I'm, I'm going late, so I'm going to hurry. In Genesis, the Bible tells us about Joseph. And if you know the story of Joseph, he got to this barn level of sowing. He was sold as a slave into Egypt. But because he obeyed God's word, God blessed him. And he blessed him so much that Pharaoh put him in charge of everything in his kingdom. All of the granaries, all of the barns of grain. He put him in charge of all the expansion, all the building, all the money. And so Joseph had it all. And during a great time of famine, when all the other countries around them were starving, Joseph had the keys to the barn. And Joseph very easily, as countries came knocking on Egypt's door for help, he could have very easily said, no, the bag is mine. Pharaoh wouldn't have said a thing about it. But he opened up the barn. And the Bible tells us that he fed the nations of the world. You see, there's a barn level of blessing. 
where God can put you in charge of so much because he trusts you now. He's seen you be faithful at the bag level, at the barrel level, at the basket level. And he says, now I can trust them. Show this slide. I can trust them at the barn level. So I'm going to give them the keys. I'm going to bless their wealth. I'm going to bless their family. I'm going to bless their income. And there's a barn level. And God won't take you from the bag level straight to the barn level. Because he wants to see how you're going to handle the smaller blessings. He has to see if he can trust you. He has to see what, what you'll do with it. God says, look, I gave them just enough. They began to give sacrificially. I gave them more than enough and they got a boat. They had a desire for the boat. But look at that. They're still coming. They're still tithing. They're still serving in the ministry of Jesus Christ. They still have a generous heart. They're, they're giving boxes of love and they're, they're sharing with the homeless. I think I can trust them with more. Folks, if you are faithful with each blessing, he will give you greater blessings. And I would like for your house and this house of God to get to the barn level of blessing where we have not just enough, but where we have not just more than enough, but because we've obeyed God's word and we're following his commands because he can trust us. He gives your house and this house exceedingly, abundantly more than we ever dreamed that we could ask for or think about. And why did he do that? Not for you to stick it in a bag and have some grand retirement, but for you to begin to minister to the masses in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Sowing matters to God. And he's willing to bless those who are willing to sow into his work. So the goal of every church and every Christian should be to move from the bag to the barrel to the basket to the barn. That's the goal. And look at this once again. God says, if you obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. So let's measure once again. Are you at the barn level? Most of us aren't. And so we just circle Zero, no, one, no, we're not there. But some of you are, and some of you are, are increasing and in getting there. Let's measure. Are you at the bag level, barrel level, basket level, or barn level? Folks, there are some things that have been mattering to God throughout the ages. I want you to open up this little envelope and pull out this little card. We've been talking about those three things this past three weeks. We've been measuring what matters to God. And as we end this series, I'd like for us to commit to doing better in the things that matter to God. And so I'd like you to take a moment to just write down how you're going to begin to use your influence to stir others to God. Are you going to begin to build a relationship with a neighbor? Do you have influence with a coworker? Are you going to begin to, to just continue to build that relationship till God gives you an opportunity to invite him to church or invite him to some event or to just share Christ, your testimony with him? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that better? How are you going to begin to, 
use your time to serve others? Are you going to become an usher, a greeter? Are you going to help lead Long Beach? Are you going to help lead some, some mission team? Well, how are you going to do that? Write that down. And so in a moment, we're going to give you some time to kind of check those off and, and write those down. And I'd love it if you just do all three of those in some way. How are you going to begin to sow into the kingdom at a greater level? Because when you obey and keep his commands in the things that matter to God, it results in the blessing of God coming to you at a greater level. I want you and your house to be blessed. So I'd like for you, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. As the music plays, I want you to just take a silent moment. And whether you're single or you're here with a spouse, just fill out a card for your household. Take time to fill it out. And then I want to encourage you to address it. And then lick it and seal it because nobody's going to see this but you. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you, whenever you're done, whenever you're ready, as the music plays, somebody's going to have to be bold and be the first person. But as the music plays, when you're done, seal it up and bring it to one of these baskets at one of these crosses. And you're saying, God, I don't know how we're ever going to do this, but I want to do better in the things that matter to you. And three months from today, this is going to come in your mailbox. And you're going to be able to open it up and see, have I made any progress on this or not? And I hope it'll be just a, a timely reminder. And maybe you'll rejoice and say, we're doing it. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing better. Or it might be a time, oh, God, three months have gone by. I'm still stuck in the same place. Nobody is going to see this. It's between you and God. It's going to come in your mailbox. Would you come and lay this at the foot of the cross of Jesus? And say, I'm laying down this commitment to you. It's not to the church. It's to you. God, this is what we'll do. As the music plays, will you begin to write? And in a few moments, just get up, take it to the cross. Go back to your seat and I'll close in prayer. Thank you. Would you pray with me now? Father, we lay these commitments to just begin to go to the next level to do better at your feet. We've been measuring our lives next to the priorities of your cross and Lord, it's within our hearts to do better. So Lord, during these next 12 weeks, these next three months, I pray that you just let us not be able to get away from that one thing or maybe three things that you're just saying we need to bump up. Let us not get away. Bring it back to our remembrance moment by moment so that when we get this back in the mail, we'll be able to rejoice over what you're doing in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.